Tell you, it really does take a while for it to come on, doesn't it? Live from VentureX Studios, it's JP, Kathy, and the crew. Ooh. All right, good morning, crew. You know, it's funny, I'm sitting here refreshing my Facebook page, and it like takes 4,737 years for it to finally come on. Would you believe that we actually started the video at 7.30? Okay, we didn't. Just kidding. So here's the deal. We got a great show for you today. Catherine Ann has set up Miss Teen Texas, who is going off to the big show. So we're going to talk with her here in a little bit. She's already on our Zoom, and we'll bring her on here shortly. We have got the pleasure, that's right, of a Marine coming in today. And I'll let Kathy tell you who that will be here shortly. And then cucumber salad versus pea salad i'm moving it to the front end and so here we go it's summertime Every, everybody puts together their fun fresh you know salads and all and so which one do you jump for do you jump for aunt bessie's cucumber salad or do you jump for aunt lily's pea salad right talk to me tell me why why are you talking about I, I, First of all, I just don't like peas. Are you, is your microphone on? I don't know. Is it? Is she turned up? I just want to make sure. Say, I, want, I want people you, to hear you. Can you not hear me? Because we're about to battle, you, you and I. We're me? about to battle. I'm not I'm, I'm not a fan of peas. I just, I am not. I have not been since I was a little kid. I think it's a consistency. Ironically, I like um, split pea soup. Every so often... When I'm at Jason's Deli, I'll go for a very small scoop, but it also has to have egg whites in it, um, hard-boiled egg whites, the pea salad, every so often, just pea there. Salad. all right. I'm just not a fan of, I would go for cucumbers over peas any day. Peas, when I was a little kid, my mom, one time she noticed, she was like, what keeps falling out underneath Kathy's... Um, because oh, I, I think I hear the music again. Well, and that's it was because a great show. that's <laughs> how that's how far behind the feed is. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, um, she she was like, "What is falling out underneath Kathy's part of the kitchen table?" I was very young. Yeah, and my mom it was the piece. Like, she gets under there, and literally one whole entire dinner, I had sat there and taken little um, peas and just mushed one at a time. No, you did not. So my mom said there was like a whole little section, and there was probably fifty-two peas. You and are, I had sat there. You're a dirty bird. The whole time. Oh, I didn't. My didn't grandma like would have called you a dirty bird. I would have. <laughs> but you know, my mom was always. They were always like, you have to at least take a bite of something. So I'm like, oh. I figured yeah, a workaround. I figured yeah. a workaround. Kathy's figuring a workaround at two. Yeah, squishing peas yeah. up underneath. So my great-grandma oh, Beth yeah. made, I didn't like peas as a kid. Yeah. I hated peas. Is it the consistency for you too? Yes. The squish makes me want to vomit. It's it, it, kind yes. of mealy? Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Yeah. Now the roundness doesn't bother me, but it's no. when you squish and you're like. Ugh, yeah, ugh. Yeah. Now I love sweet or sweet pea. I love split pea soup like you do. Love it. But I used to love going to my great-grandma Beth's out in California. Right. And she lived on a farm, 
as most did back in those days. And her back kitchen wall was a honeycomb. It was all bees. I remember you telling me. Yes. That's a trip. And my grandfather, this was great-grandpa, great-grandma, he had put glass up. He let the bees just go ahead and and do their thing, right? Just do their thing. And y'all got to watch them. Well, watch them and you get to hear them. Very soothing sound, let me tell you. Thousands of bees. really ahead of their time because now everybody's beekeeping. You know, our own Dr. Good is beekeeping. I've got dear friends who, all my retired friends just about are beekeeping. Yeah. But this was back in the day. Back in the day. I was like. Nobody had heard of this. I was probably six or seven years old, eight years old. And even before then they were doing it, right? But my great grandma would make a pea salad that I actually enjoyed. I wonder and, if it was the Jason's Deli recipe. I, well, I don't even think Jason's Deli was around back I was then. Like, maybe she gave them the recipe. Could be. Great Grandma Beth, there you go. There, did she get credit? I don't know, but I'm going to call Jason's Deli and find out right away. That's for darn sure. Did she have hard-boiled egg slices in it? No. No, this oh. wasn't that kind of pea salad. Well, what did it, it have It had in carrots it? in it. It had the shredded carrots. Okay. And she would sit there with her her Grater, shredder and yeah. grate the the carrots herself yeah it had um the peas in it uh it had one other vegetable i'm not i can't remember what it was and then the consistency was out of like a coleslaw mayonnaise oh. and so it was a little bit sweeter right so it wasn't sweet sweet it was a little bit sweeter okay and that was her split or so it was, it was mayonnaise with maybe she added like some sugar or whatever it is it would be like coleslaw okay. the coleslaw sauce huh. if that makes sense if you eat a creamy okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. a creamy yeah, coleslaw a right yeah there's a difference not the vinegary coleslaw the vinegar one. yeah the right, creamy right, one right. and so her her pea salad was amazing um what i have found for me i have found that cucumber people have tried to make cucumbers do things that cucumbers shouldn't be doing and it's like every time I take some cucumber salad, I want to go blah, 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 like that. Oh, see, I I love, like, you you can give me um, some sliced onions, uh, tomatoes, especially if it's, like, cherry or grape tomatoes cut up, and then um, sliced cucumbers with some vinaigrette-type style, maybe a little bit of feta, feta cheese crumbled in there, and it's making my mouth water just thinking I, I can it. see that, you know, your mouth watering yeah. for sure. When we talk about food, my mouth always waters. So the and crew. I realize I'm hungry. So where's the crew at? Is the crew, are they pro pea salad? Are they pro cucumber salad? What is it? That, do you like both? I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say it, the peas it's now, if it's a good, the pea salad that I'm talking about, Jason's deli, it sounds like the same thing with your, um, great grandmothers because of that, um, whole consistency thing when they're cold, and I mean, they've got to be cooked, obviously, but cold, and they've got more firmness to them. I think it's the cooking where right. they get mushy, and that's just. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we'd have to do uh, Scout's portion, right? Which yeah. is a tablespoon. Yep. yep. And I mean, I would mix that into my mashed potatoes, trying to hide it, and I could still taste it. And it was still there. Yeah. yeah. Like, eh, you know. That's why I never became yeah. one of those plate people where you had to have everything not touching, because I <laughs> like spinach. Peas and oh, see, wet now, carrots. Love, we're gonna have to talk about spinach one day. I love spinach. Yeah, I'd have to mix that with my mashed potatoes to be able to, to get try it to down. Get the, try to get the yeah. taste. Did you have to clean everything off your plate? Oh, back As in the day, kid? absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Isn't that funny how that was a thing? You know, there are kids starving in Africa. Did you hear that? Yeah. So yeah, I got that all the and time. And so it's like, okay, so clear your entire plate, which sometimes oh, look at this. So, for two hours. So here's the crew says. Deborah yes. Key says, I'm a fan of both. I make pea salad often. Uh, Fred North said both are good. Huh. So there we go. Okay, then I need somebody's pea salad recipe. I need. I well, Miss Keys. I, I would Ms. say Miss Keys. Keys. I'll take hers. 
Yeah. I'll take hers. So there you go. So, yeah, let us know what your thoughts are. Michelle, uh, Gail, Lisa, Caven, Marvin, Fred's jumped in. Coach Quigley, I haven't heard from you yet. Jim, I haven't heard from you yet. <laughs> Susan Schuler, what are we guys? Are we cucumber salad people or are we pea salad people? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely cucumber. And I wonder if there's a psychosis for that. I, I'm into no. peas. Well, you're a freak. Oh, yeah, I'm into cucumbers. I, oh, well, some people love, some people love peas, but like, I, I don't know. The only time I brought peas out to dinner with the kids, I would make what I called a meatloaf cake. And it was meat, I would, I would bake a meatloaf. And then over, I would take a spatula and rub, um, take uh, mashed potatoes, cover the entire um, meatloaf up in, so it looked like it was like white icing, but it was, you know, uh, mashed potatoes. And then around the edges, I would alternate a little pea, a little carrot, a pea, a carrot, a pea, a carrot, all the way around the edge so it looked like the icing around the edge. So it's more just for show. Right. Nobody was having but how a fun, big old though. Thing but that's that. fun eating, though. How fun oh, were you? The kids loved that. And that was always a big thing. Like if somebody got some kind of something like made student council rep at school or, you know, got, uh, you know, in honors or that was like our big celebration. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that. I would be sitting at the table with Peter Pan. <laughs> Here comes mommy that's, with the meatloaf uh, cake for the meat cake. I, I think that's what the kids probably would think sometimes would, to that stay been about fun. me. Not have been, well, that's fun, though. That's not a put down. That's a, I love that. Thank you. So, all right. Fun. I'll have to make you one sometime. Ooh, with turkey. Oh, that's right. You can't no do beef. meatloaf. You ha- okay. Oh, I've never done a turkey meatloaf. So what I do for meatloaf on that deal so it doesn't dry out, I use turkey and pork and I mix them. Oh, because you can do pork. That's right. right. And then the pork. fat from okay. the pork yep. keeps it moist. Yep, that's right. So, yeah. So, there well, you go. Well, this is a super exciting. We have got just a dynamic young lady coming on with us here. Um, Miss Teen Texas. Oh, there she Goodness is. Goodness gracious. Look at that. Catherine is just an extraordinary young lady. Literally was just named uh, Miss Teen Texas hours before Mallory was named Miss Texas. Um, that the competition's going at the same time, and um, we. Oh, I, can she hear us? She can hear yes. us. We can. There oh, she there is. She we is. can hear her. Okay, there we go. Yay! So I'm like way super excited. Well, she, she's such. She's a beautiful young lady. She's getting ready in ten days to go compete. Look at all the hope and all the excitement oh, and the I exuberance. I know. And I hope we can get her picture. Like she's not a fifty-year-old, worn-out Miss Teen Texas. Uh, no, no, she wouldn't be. She wouldn't be. <laughs> um, so, Catherine, tell us a little bit about yourself, about how you got into the pageant life, and then um, JP and I want to talk to you about your platform. You've got a very you and JP have some some things from your childhood um, in common, um, and then you've got such an important platform, and I really think this is going to resonate at the national level as well. So, welcome to you, Catherine. Thank you yeah. So I got involved in Miss Texas kind of on a whim. Um, I did not grow up in the Miss Texas organization. A lot of other girls did, and I used to be a competitive gymnast. I was a gymnast for thirteen years, and I quit because of COVID. It was just didn't really work out and I missed competing and there was a girl at my school who was in the Miss Texas organization and I always saw that she was doing things with it and I was like okay this this could be fun so I entered at large which kind of just you kind of like just just go ahead and enter I didn't do like a local competition I just went ahead and entered into the state competition with Texas outstanding team and I did that in about February and it was just my mom and I and we just kind of navigated things by ourselves in a completely new world and I ended up doing really well and I was shocked 
like completely shocked that I did so well, but I definitely wouldn't change it. It's an amazing organization. And I really had no idea the well, benefits until I was I, really I'm, Catherine, I'm, I'm dumbfounded. I didn't realize. So this was your first competition? Oh my yes, goodness! Are you here in this JP? This yep. was our first competition, and you, yeah. okay? And I and I didn't realize you can't go through a, you can come at large and not have gone through like a Miss Teen Plano or something like that. Bravo to you for just getting out there and going for it. Yeah, I thought I'd just go ahead and try it, and you know, I sang. My talent was singing, and I, I took voice lessons when I was like nine, like when we first moved to Texas, right. and I hadn't taken for years and I had like three or four voice lessons before the competition. I hadn't sung on stage since I was 10. And I just thought, hey, why not? Why not try it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, good for you. And look, and then you win the title of, and and, and correct me on the exact title. Okay, so it's Miss Texas Outstanding Teen. That's it, Outstanding Teen. So then is it Miss America Outstanding Teen that you will be competing in in 10 days? Miss America's Outstanding Teen. And Perfect. Crazy, but I'm excited. Well, and so, I mean, my goodness, I mean, this is, this is one of those things. Did you ever expect that you were going to win your first time out? Like, it's really funny because I'll look back through text and it'll be with my friends. And some of my friends wanted to come watch me. And I was like, guys, like, I'm not going to let you watch me lose. Like, no. Uh-uh. Like, it, it, <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't come watch me lose. Oh, by the way, I won. Dang it. I should have invited all my friends. <laughs> you never know. And I, oh, man, it's so crazy. I still can't believe it. <laughs> That's that's awesome. Well, um, I want to get into um, switch from you know. I mean, again, this is this is such great news. We think you are going to be such a fantastic representative, and and I'm wondering during the competition, maybe if we can get you to just zoom in for a few minutes and say hi to everybody from the competition for uh, Miss America's Outstanding Team. That would be awesome. Um, but let's talk about let's talk about your platform um, and how your platform came to be because this is where you and our own JP. How, y'all, y'all, y'all. Unfortunately, both have know and have lived this world. So let, let's let's talk about this. Yeah, absolutely. So when I was born, there my house kind of already had a lot of issues. My dad was severely mentally ill. Um, it was something he dealt with really his entire life. And by the time I was born, it had gotten pretty bad. So by the time I was about oh, I'd say four or five, he started to get really abusive towards my mom. It started financially and then it escalated to emotional and then eventually physical. And, you know, it was it kept getting worse and worse. And then one day, just a random Saturday, my mom and him got into an argument at our old apartment building. Because we used to own apartments on the University of Illinois campus. And they were just fighting, but it was nothing new. Like, they were just yelling at each other. And that, we, we didn't really think anything of it. But we went home, and my dad took my mom into the back bedroom with me and two of my brothers home. And he shot my mom three times and then mm. turned the gun on him. And I was the one who ended up finding them. My mom is alive. She made a full recovery. And she walks in her four-inch heels every day. Love her. <laughs> well, because you said, little- wasn't she shot in one of her legs twice? I mean, like, it was. it's a miracle that she's, first of all, it's a miracle that she's alive. I mean, you and I talked about this last night. This is a God thing because it missed one of her major arteries just by just, yeah. Literally in the- 
uh, you yeah. know, and, and not only is she alive, but she's walking and she's fine. And she was, you know, here she is supporting you with your walk of life. So how does that transform into your platform? So I, I was kind of afraid to tell people about what had happened in my family for a really long time, just because, of, you know, you don't know how people react. And it's something I've, I've obviously, I, I was six at the time, and that's kind of all I'd ever known. But when I moved to Texas, especially as I started getting older, because I moved here when I was eight, I realized that in, um, in the environment I was in, it definitely was not the norm. You know, everybody had their two-parent households, their, their working dad, their stay-at-home mom, and I just wasn't like that. And I realized kind of quickly I was somewhat of an outcast. So I just kind of hid from it until I got to high school. I definitely started finding my own voice, and I started to talk about what had happened a little bit more. And the more I talked about it, the more people came up to me and were like, oh my gosh, like I've had a similar situation or I know somebody who, ha who has had a similar situation. And that really opened my eyes. Like this is a big deal. Like this, this affects a lot more people than what the average person thinks. You know, the good news is, is you're not afraid to go out and share it. Um, I can't tell you how many middle schools, elementary schools, and high schools I have spoken to over the last 32, 33 years of my life. And there are always, I mean, we're talking deadpan silence when they start hearing the story. And the way that I start my story off is, is that I tell it from a, uh, a second person. So, hey, my best friend is going through this. My best friend is going through this. And I talk about it from elementary school, why nobody was ever able to come spend the night. Because my bio dad, father, whatever you want to call him, also severe mental health, um, ended up getting into drugs, ended up becoming homeless probably at some point. My mother had to grab up her four-year-old and six-year-old and take off because he tried to put, well, he did, he put a gun in my mouth at one point uh, and tried to kill me. My mother talked him down because he thought that he was Jesus and we were all just going to go to heaven together. Mm. Um, when my mother had moved, uh, he had gone back to that house and there was another family there and he held them at gunpoint thinking that they were us and they were able to talk him down. Um, not to mention what other comes with that, right? Um, sadly, I was also a victim of being molested at the age of six by a male friend of my mom's because she was having to rely on friends to help during that time because, again, she's trying to survive. And so, you know, it, we give other people a voice by sharing our story so publicly and being open by it. Um, I can tell you that again, the room and I'm talking elementary all the, all the way to high school, you could hear a pin drop and then you would start seeing tears come out of a couple, three or four kids in the classroom. And so God bless you for what you're doing and what you have survived that you can now go and you can share it. It's a message. And that message will carry a lot of weight. Don't ever forget that. You will impact young people so the rest true. of your life. And so, so thank you true. for that. Thank you. Oh, man. I got goosebumps. Yeah, but I mean, that's really one of the main reasons why I entered the Miss Texas organization because I, I felt I, I've gone through all of these different things. You know, when you go through something like that so young, there's a lot of other effects, you know. I, you know, you develop PTSD, I, excuse me, PTSD, I had panic attacks from age eight, like all of these different things that really carried over with me. And I'm on the other side of that now. And I just, 
Miss Texas really gave me a way that I could share my story. And I felt if I didn't get out there and share my story because I know I'm capable of it, then it would almost be wasted. And I don't want a story like that to be wasted because it impacts so many different people, just like you were saying. Right. Well, and, and you think about it, you know, we talked about this during the pandemic and JP and I talk about this all the time with the increase in abuse and mental health. You know, it's very timely that you are bringing this platform to the Miss Texas stage, but also to the Miss America stage, the national platform. Um, yeah, I, I think it's so important. I think, like JP said, he and, and I, I know his personal story and I know he's he's had people who have come up to him after these speeches and you will have the same kind of reaction I have a feeling because you've got that same passion for helping other people that JP does and that's it people come up and say hey I went through this how, how did you how did you become not only a, you were, you're no longer a victim but you're surviving and you're thriving I think a lot of that comes from my mom um, I was I was a very, very shy and timid, like fifth grade all the way up to my freshman year, I would say I was very shy, very timid. And I kind of just in a sense shut down, which is really common for kids to go through things like that. But during that time period, my mom was finding her voice and she was getting involved and she was going and speaking to people. And I would watch her speak and I would think, well, she would tell the story and she, the way she says it is I'm the one who found her and I'm the one who saved her because I was the one who gave her the phone to call 911. And she, just hearing her speak like that, it really inspired me so that I could find my voice and really be able to share the same way she does because we have the same story, but we connect different people. And I think that's so amazing. Well, and, and I think, it, it's always so good to have a role model and in your case it, it it's your it sounds like it's your mom and um, what did your did your mom I mean you had a friend who was doing Miss Texas let's go back to this I'm, I'm still intrigued I had no idea that your background was you you just thought you know what I'm just gonna try this and see what happens and now you know there's scholarship money for college and all these great things that go go with the with the Miss Texas pageant so let's talk about your mom um, how did she serve as a role model and then um, obviously I'm I mean it sounds like it your mom was probably your biggest cheerleader and was supportive so how, how did that work out with y'all going to this whole new world for the first time which is the Miss Texas pageant yeah so it's really funny. My mom and I are very, very, very close. Like she calls me her roommate more than I am her daughter. Like we're just super. <laughs> and she's always definitely encouraged me to try something new. Like whether that was a new instrument, whether that was singing, a new sport, she was always just like, okay, try it. Like just follow through with whatever you do. And just, right. just we'll see. What so that was really why we entered. And then we were just navigating this crazy world together. And there were a lot of times where I, I was like, mom, I can't do this. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if my clothes are good enough. I don't know if my paperwork's good enough. All of these different things, because I, I had no idea what space it off is. And, you know, it's just me and her trying to get through this. And she was like, no, you already started. You need to finish. And that made me mad sometimes because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. But she pushed me to keep going and she was my biggest support. I mean, she's really my backbone. Like without her, there is no Catherine because she just is literally my whole world. But um, when we got to the competition and I started to tell my story a little bit, I, I forgot to mention the fact that my mom was still alive because 
she was shocked. Oh, I didn't even think about it. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, it, 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 like you said, it's a miracle that your mom's alive. So, oh, you didn't mention that in the story. Ah, I, I would, oh. people would be, and I'm biracial. My father was from Nigeria and my mom's white. Right. So I'm around with this woman who looks nothing like me and people think my mom has passed in this tragic, like, story. And <sighs> I knew that, like, after I won, especially because some of the people in the organization thought my mom like was passed or had passed, and I was like, "Oh no, no, no! She's she's right there. Like that's her. Like that's my that's my mom right there." So that was interesting on itself. But I mean, she really is my biggest cheerleader. There is like, oh, I don't even know. She would just she's the reason I'm able to tell this story because she just really has always pushed me to try to better myself. And this is one of the ways she decided to have me better myself. Well, I love that. And, and what an opportunity. So um, if somebody's interested in getting involved in the Miss Teen Texas or the Miss Texas organization, how, how do they do that if they haven't gone through a local pageant? Yeah, so there's a lot of information. There's a lot of really, really good information on MissTexas.org. Um, one way you can do it, the way I would probably recommend is definitely go through a local competition. And they're starting up here. I think the first one is July 31st, I believe. Okay. But they're all August, and I'm sure they're past August too. But there's a lot of different titles, and they're amazing opportunities. There's so much fun. I definitely recommend going through that. I'm not sure how at-large entries will work this upcoming year, only because I know they were easier this past year because right. of COVID. So they can them up so that right. it would be easier for more people. Um I, yeah, MissTexas.org has a lot of great information, and okay. they definitely on there better than I could. Awesome. <laughs> well, and then if people want to follow you, Catherine, how do they do that? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram, and my Instagram is M-A-O-T-E-N-T-X, or you can type in Catherine with a K, Omo Osagi, but I know that's hard to spell, so if you type in that or Miss Texas Outstanding Teen, those will all show up on my Instagram. Fantastic. Well, we are just so thrilled for you. Again, congratulations and blessings. Um, we wish you well at the um, Miss America's Outstanding Teen Competition. I think you will be a superb representative for the great state of Texas. And we're just we're just so proud to have you on the show. And we wish you nothing but the best. Thanks, Catherine. Thanks so much. All right. Um, it, what a delight. Uh, you know, uh, Deborah Keys is our feed, and she said, this gives me hope for the future. Um, what an outstanding young woman. She's so articulate, um, so full of hope. And, and that's true. I think we get so bogged down in talking about the negatives that are going on out there that when we see somebody like this, she is such, Catherine is such a breath of fresh air. And again, she's got a very serious topic to talk about that to talk about and that is breaking that cycle of abuse so um again we just wish her nothing but the best and can't wait to hear all about uh miss teen Amer outstanding uh, miss america outstanding teen and the competition there and we know she will represent texas well talking about somebody who's representing texas well we have got congressman van taylor with us how are you this morning do we have audio Oh, oh, Van, oh, um, Van uh, Congressman, can you please unmute yourself, sir? Sorry about that. There, uh, there you I go. <laughs> How are you? Between meetings, and so you caught me on the road. I love it. So we we need to have a meme for that. 
van on the run or something. I don't know. Well, yeah. no, let's and not I, do I, that. I should, I should begin with I should begin with good morning, good morning, yes. and yes, good morning. Yes, good morning. Yes, there you go. Well, let's let's talk about this. Speaking of on the run, which you're not, you're just going between constituent meetings, which I love. Yeah, I'm you, in Texas. I'm not a fugitive. Exactly. You're in Texas and you're here and you're not running from your job. Thank goodness. Um, you know, uh, one one thing I do want to mention. We neglected to mention this last week. Um, you've got a hundred percent meeting policy. So if somebody wants yep. to meet with you, they just contact your office. How do they get in touch with you? Because you do not turn down a meeting. Sure. No, you can uh, reach out to my office and we'll set up a meeting. Uh, and I also do, I do actually do call people. Uh, and so uh, whatever, whatever works for you, I want to be convenient and available. And I, I've uh, last Congress, I had uh, 850 separate meetings uh with constituents i mean with every constituent that ever has ever asked to meet with me and uh this congress looks like i'm on track at this point to hit about hit about 500 meetings this year so love it I, uh, I a lot of people reach out and it's it, 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 and i just want to say I, I appreciate every single person that reaches out and wants to meet with me because it helps me do a better job representing them well, and, and you and you know some of some of the really good legislative ideas, and this goes back to even when you were a state rep and a state senator, and now as a congressman, some of some really good ideas that you have mm-hmm. that you put into law come from these constituent meetings. Absolutely, no, the very I mean, some of the very best uh, bills that I've passed into law have come from the very constituents that I have the tremendous privilege to represent, and uh, you know, and I I can go into. Many bills, uh, you know, I think one thing I was pretty proud of was uh, a bill that protected the identities of victims of stalking and yes. uh, domestic violence and uh, sexual abuse and helping them to hide their identity from their, their uh, from people that would do them harm. And so was proud to get that done. And that the idea, the genesis of that came from a mom uh, from McKinney said, I'm really worried about a stalker and, you know, kind of gave her details and we figured out how to go and address that problem. It took us us about a year of meeting but finally got it all done and it wouldn't have happened if someone hadn't showed up in my office and said hey man i've, I've got a problem I, I want to talk to you about it well and i think that's fantastic because again you are here and you're hired to represent the we the people and you're doing exactly that now let's go to the exact polar opposite of that which is the democrats who have left texas they went to dc where did you see the spectacle? I mean, these people who have left their job, who are basically thumbing their nose at, at you know, their fellow Texans, they were welcomed with open arms by all the, the Biden, Pelosi, all those whole, all that, all those folks. And they were treated like rock stars when in, in reality, they've literally fled the state so they don't have to do their job. Help me understand yeah, I- this. It's, it's very unfortunate. Uh, you know, Democrats, uh, you know, Washington, D.C. is dysfunctional, you know, rank partisanship all the time. Uh, you know, I say we need to bring more of Austin to Washington, but unfortunately, a little bit of Washington has affected Austin, uh, this idea of walking away from the table, you know, and Democrats have a seat at the table. Uh, you know, there are, there are, there are committee chairs, uh, you know, who are Democrats uh, who left, who said, hey, I don't. Yeah, I don't care that I'm a committee chair. I'm going to leave. Uh, it's, it's really shocking and unfortunate because they're doing long-term damage not only to themselves as individual legislators, but also to the legislative process in Austin, which really has always relied on bipartisanship, on working together. 
to you know come up with a budget that you know most people can agree with. I mean, you know, ninety some ninety plus percent of the legislators voted for the budget last Congress because I'm sorry, in, in the last legislative session because it was a good budget and it had Republican input and it had Democrat input. And um, you know, it's really unfortunate to see Democrats walk away from their seat at the table and you know go to Washington, do selfies. You know, have a cold one on the way. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's really terrible how they've done it. Well, you know, and I just, um, you know, just recently I uh, flew up to Boston with my son. He's uh, doing a five-week music program at the Berkeley College of Music. And I know we had to wear masks the entire time we were in both airports that we were in to get there because we had a layover. The whole time we're on the plane. And, I mean, they're telling you, like, there were some people who had the mask pulled down, you know, below their nose. And the flight attendant would say, hey, you need... A whole entire, you know, entire face and nose or mouth and nose area covered. Um, and then the pictures I'm seeing on social media of the Democrats who left, they don't have any masks on. So it's like the rules apply to us. You know, I've got to go into work. I, you know, I've got, I've got to, you know, I, I can't just say, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I feel like doing that. Eh. You know, we have to follow the rules. Why don't they? And then let's talk about the extra cost, because obviously the governor wants to get the business of the special session done. If that if they don't come back in time to do that, he's going to have no choice but to call immediately another special session. Let's talk about the cost to the taxpayer, to, to me and you. Yeah, well, it's it definitely it costs money every day. Uh, they're you know they're collecting not only their pay, they're collecting per diem and 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 you know sessions, special sessions cost in the millions of dollars uh, to run. So uh, there's no question they're they're costing taxpayer money. But I I think more importantly, they're they're destroying an effective institution. I mean, the Texas legislature, uh, you know, passes budgets. They're balanced. Uh, they passed every budget on time since 1963. You know, in Congress, yeah. I've yet to vote on budget. I'm in which, a place so so dysfunctional. Still blows my mind. You know, people, people, people literally don't even report on the dysfunction. Right. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's, I mean, you know, people are shocked by saying, "Yeah, I've never voted on budget." I'm like, how how is that possible? I'm like, well, it's just really it's that broke. It's that bad. Yeah. Um, but that's again, that just that just goes to you know, they're they're doing real damage. Uh, to to uh, you know an institution that is really important for the future of the state, as well as doing damage for their constituents, right? Because their their ability to get things done is going to be limited. People are not going to trust them uh, when they say, "Hey, I promise you, I'll do this," or "You can count on me to do that." It's like, well, I remember the time you didn't do what you said right. you were going to do, right? Um, and they're doing damage, and and so it's 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 very unfortunate all the way around. And and what we're fighting over is probably also bad. Um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that, um, you know, I mean, you know, what, what Texas, what the legislature is trying to do is trying to expand access to voting. It's expanding early voting days, early voting hours. Um, it's making it, it's actually doubling the number of reasons you can ask to send a, a mail-in ballot. Um, you know, it is, it is, it is unquestionably is going to make it easier to vote. I mean, I, I certainly want to see more people vote. I think voter participation is a great thing. It's a good thing. Um, you know, and Republicans, I think, really benefited from having a super high turnout, right. uh, you know, last election. And we want to see more people vote. Uh, right. And I know here in Collin County, we've worked super hard to get more people to vote. Uh, and we've been very successful that we've been one of the highest turnout percentages of any any county in the state of Texas. And I'm very proud of that. Um, and so, 
Uh, and there are, you know, and there are ideas in that bill, uh, and, and Senate Bill 1, which, which actually came from Democrats. So uh, an idea that we worked on very hard here in Collin County is this idea of being able to vote anywhere you want to vote, right? right. So, so countywide, what's called countywide voting. Yes. So uh, traditionally, you had to show up at your polling location, and they had a printout, and they would cross, literally physically cross your name off to make sure you didn't vote twice. So you could only vote in one location at, at, your, at your polling, at you know your, your your precinct. That was the only place you could vote. Well, Collin County, you know, worked on this, invested money in computers and in the technology to be able to do countywide voting. So now in Collin County, you can go vote anywhere in the county, and so that that's very convenient for people, right? Well, so, it hey, is because I mean, a lot live- of times, Van, a lot of times, and I know because I, I worked on this back when I was Republican Party chairman in Collin County, and then again when I was a county commissioner, and it's one of those things that, you know, you leave your home to get your kids to school on time or you go to work, a lot of times it's more convenient because on your lunch break, hey, near my office, there's literally sure. a library, you know, a stone's throw away. Sure. And, and, it, and you go right. back to it, and Democrats had a lot to do with this, just like Republicans. It was a very big bipartisan effort. So um, I, which, so I, I love that convenience. So help me understand sure. the, the so thought county, process. So countywide voting actually was a piece of legislation that one of the Democrats actually yep. filed a bill on. Yep. And that bill is in Senate Bill 1. I mean, yep. literally, so like, I mean, literally. <laughs> and that's, yeah. that's one of three different bills that Democrats authored is in Senate Bill 1. Uh, to give you an idea about, you know, do they have a seat at the table? Yeah, they don't have a seat at the table. They've got real input. I mean, they're, right. they're putting pieces of Democrat legislation is going into this bill because they're good ideas. Right. right? And Republicans are acknowledging, hey, that's a good idea. Let's bring that in there. Let's yep. take it. Let's take it statewide. That's great. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, it, it's, and it's sad to watch Democrats, you know, her, you know, um, you know, gaslight against against stuff that they that they actually did themselves, right? right. You know, that, that, that are own, their own bills. Well, so then, does this come down to and it and it is what it is, and it just it, it really frustrated me when I was watching some national news feeds, which I try to stay away from, but boy howdy, I couldn't the other day, and I'm watching these Democrats talk about all the glorious, you know, Roy, roll out the red carpet, you know, treated like royalty welcome that they got in D.C. So is this all, and then you go back to the logic of, okay, a lot of this was driven by Democrats that's in some of these bills that they're looking at. Then is this, is this about publicity? Is this about drawing attention to themselves? I know, and then then that, that's one question. So is this about publicity? And then please help me with President Biden's comment about how the election laws in Texas are worse than the Civil War. So help me with yeah, both it, of these. The, the, the hypocrisy of, yeah. of President Biden is just unbelievable, right? I mean, so he comes from Delaware. Uh, he was elected there you know, 50 years ago as a U.S. senator. There's never been early voting in the state of Delaware. Right. Never had, not right. a day. Um, you know, we've had early voting for almost two decades now in Texas. Right. Super successful. We're, and we're expanding. We have a piece of legislation in front of us to expand early voting, to give right. more early voting opportunities. And the president of the United States is, saying, is trying to say that Texas is suppressing the vote when he won't even look at his own state, won't even look in the mirror and say, hey, 
we've never had early voting. May, I mean, you know, if anybody's, it just it just boggles the mind. I mean, I, I wouldn't try to say that 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 Delaware is quote unquote suppressing the vote. They don't have early voting, but clearly, if Texas is expanding early voting opportunities, and a guy from a state who's never had it to turn around and say, "Oh, you're trying to suppress the vote," it's just it's just absurd. It, it really flies in the face of common sense. Right. Uh, and it, it, it's just it, it, it's deeply upsetting to me as a Texan because, I mean, again, I want people to vote. I work hard to get people to vote. <laughs> I encourage people to vote all the time. Uh, and right. I think, you know, in Collin County, we're, I'm very proud of the fact that we have one of the best voter registration races. I think that this legislation will actually help other counties enjoy what we enjoy in Collin County. Right? We have county exactly. voting. This bill will help increase that. It, we we you know, more early voting opportunities is better. I think that's a good thing. I think that we've we've proven that you get better turnout when there is more early voting, and so that's a great thing. Um, and we made it easier to mail them, but there are more reasons that you can request a mail-in ballot. Um, and so I think you know again the, the facts on the ground, the facts of the actual piece of legislation say this is about securing the election. It's about making it easier to vote. And then you got the president of the United States saying, "Oh, you're trying to suppress." trying to suppress the vote because yeah, I, I mean, relative to what? Right. I, I don't know what he's comparing it to. Well, and um, it's always, you know, I, I think about, you know, we and, and mail-in ballots. I mean, we've just, we've got such great systems put in place here in Texas, and we're just trying to make sure that everything's, everything's, you know, just like if you go, you know, to make a purchase. You know, heck, even, you know, there. I mean, I'm trying to think of just, and a million things come to mind that you have to show your ID or you have to um, give the last four of your social and it's for your protection. And so he's sitting there saying that basically this is like the Civil War where brother was fighting against brother in their own front yard. So I, I think, again, then I go back to my other question, which is, is this just all a big publicity stunt? where the Democrats in D.C. are trying to help the Democrats in Texas make conservatives, or not even conservatives in this, in this instance, just the taxpayer, the common sense person, are they trying to make us look bad and trying to draw negative attention to the state of Texas? You know, I their ultimate intent, I mean, it seems to be getting attention right as soon as they land, they do yeah. selfies and uh, you know, press conference and, you know, talk about, you know, and, you know, say send money. And I mean, you know, so it, it just, but again, is that really helping their constituents? Is that really, you know, making sure that we have a, a functional legislative process in Texas, which we do today, uh, but th they've done real damage to it. And let me say this, the damage that Democrats are doing to the legislative process in Texas, they, it, 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 it compounds every day, yes. every day they're away, it gets worse. Uh, and you know, there are, you know, and, and the Republican members resent the Democrats leaving their jobs and Texans resent it. I mean, you know, I think, you know, 10 million plus Texans showed up for work today. Right. Uh, there are 51 Democrats that they don't want to show up for work. Uh, right, they like weren't hired excluded, to run yes. away. They yeah. weren't, they weren't hired to run away. They were hired to, to go and do a job and they're there to do it to the best of their ability and they they have a seat at the table they've gotten amendments into that bill and they can get more amendments in if they if they think it through and try uh and it's it's what they're doing is is, is damaging um to to themselves to their constituents yes. to yes. texas and to the legislative process yeah they're even uh, you know jp and i were talking with um representative leach the other day and we were talking about some of our own friends who said 
who are Democrats who have said, get back to work. You know, and it's and the thing is this, you know, voter integrity is not the only thing that's part of special session. You've got, you know, we've got several um, retired educators on our feed this morning. Um, you know, the third, the quote unquote 13th check for retired mm-hmm. teachers. So, OK, so you are now punishing people who put blood, sweat and tears decades of their lives into being an educator. You are keeping a check from them. That's what these that's what these Democrats are doing. Now they're hurting former teachers. No, no it, it's it's yeah, it's hurting hurting former teachers, uh, hurting public safety. You have, you have important bail bail uh, reform legislation right. that we need to need, that we've got to, got to pass. Um, you know, the property tax legislation that needs to be worked on. I mean, there's a lot of work to be done in the state legislature. And again, Democrats have really hurt their ability to influence and impact uh, that legislation for a long time to come. Uh, and so, uh, you know, a lot of people are suffering as a result of this. And the other, the other thing I just throw out there is what the Democrats are advocating for is the D.C. solution to elections, which is to eliminate voter ID uh, in every state, uh, and not just for federal elections, but for all elections. Right. Uh, which, you know, and people agree with voter ID. I mean, since we've implemented voter ID in 2011 here in Texas, we've had, you know, voter registration has gone up dramatically. Um, and I mean, I remember uh, talking to a constituent once and I said, well, you know, we have this voter ID law. And they're like, oh, so you can vote with your driver's license now? That's great. I mean, I used to have to, I thought I could only vote with my with my voter registration right. card, but that's, that's, I don't have to go find that anymore. I was like, well, you didn't have that before, but it just, you know, it's, there's seven different IDs that you can use. Um, it's, it's definitely increased, uh, voter participation. Um, and it's been very successful. It's very popular. And and there's a reason for it. It gives people confidence that, that, that their identification, that their ID is not, uh, their, their identity is not stolen in the election process. Um, and the, another crazy thing that the Democrats have in their bill in Washington, DC is they want public funding of elections. So you're taking government money. Uh, and you're pouring up to seven million dollars per election mm. um, into into paying, you know, paying for attack ads, uh, paying for you know lavish fundraisers, all the things that, that a campaign will want to do, and that's just not right. I mean, you know, our, you know, people don't want to have their tax dollars funding elections, uh, but that's what the Democrats are asking to do uh, with their, you know, for what they call the "For the People" act. I call it the "For the Politicians" act because it helps <laughs> politicians. Uh, and it also legalizes ballot harvesting. And that's right. the other thing that, you know, that, you know we, we don't want to see is people being paid money to go and collect votes uh, and influence people who, uh, you know, uh, whether it's a, a nursing home uh, or an immigrant community and taking advantage of them and getting pushing them to vote one way or another. You want people to be able to make their own choices of their, of their own volition. Um, and ballot harvesting, you know, is a bad thing. We've heard a lot of stories, a lot of terrible stories about ballot harvesting uh, across Texas. And it's just, you know, it shouldn't happen. Right, right. Well, Congressman, we really appreciate your time. We look forward to seeing you next week. Um, you know, hopefully the Democrats in Texas will be back to the business of we the people. Hopefully someday while you're in D.C., you'll be able to vote on a budget. Um, what a crazy concept. Uh, you know, it just, we wow. really, we really appreciate all of the good work you do because you really are dealing with 
especially under this administration, you're dealing with such tremendous hypocrisy um, that it really takes a lot to to put a brave face forward. And we, and we just appreciate your service to our country, um, as a, first as a Marine, and then your service as a state rep and a state senate senator, and now as, as a United States congressman. And I'm very proud to call you my congressman, and have a blessed weekend, and thank you so much. Thanks, Kathy. Good to be with you. All right. Thanks. That was Congressman Van Taylor, um, of course, of uh, Congressional District 3. Just kind of laying out in a common sense manner what's going on, you know, and this this is one of those things that not only is election integrity being looked at in um, our own state legislature through this um through this special session, but this is something that's being discussed in D.C. And some of the things that are being proposed in D.C., um, I want to reiterate what, what Congressman Taylor said. These these are horrific ideas that are going to cost the taxpayer money, and they're going to benefit these people, like the current president, who have made, made a career and made a um, lot of money out of being an elected official who the founding fathers meant for those congressmen to be part of their district first of all that's why you know you've got the elections every two years like like congressman taylor last week he was in dc now today he's in um texas because he's back in the district talking to we the people finding what we want and then bringing our voices back to dc um that's gotten away from us and if the if the current um national administration has their way i can't even imagine um what this country would look like um you know there's a reason that over in cuba the people who are asking for liberty and freedom begging for it god bless them uh the universal sign that they do that they use while asking for freedom and liberty is our american flag uh, they've got flag shirts they're waving american flags that still that still stands for something and means something to so many of us. And I know I'm preaching to the choir when I talk to the crew about that, but it is just um, it's crucial that we protect that freedom and those those inalienable rights that we've been given. Um, you know, we are so blessed, and we can't take our eye off the prize for one second because you do that, and then you've got Democrats slipping out the back door going to D.C. so they don't have to do their job here in Texas. And I get it. It, it You know, it, it, sometimes I know when I was a county commissioner, you had to have three votes to get anything passed or stopped or whatever the case may be. And there were times I would go into commissioner's court and I knew that I was going to be on the losing end of a vote. But I still went in and did my job. I still went and I, I spoke my mind and I said, here are what, you know, the people who I've talked to have said this, this, and this. I've gotten this many phone calls, this many emails, have talked to this many people face-to-face, -face, and they say they want this. And sometimes I still came up on the short end of the vote, but I was there because I was hired to do a job. And, you know, gosh, it, this is like that, like, you know, when your kids are little and they're throwing a tantrum. Do you let them continue to throw tantrums or do you tell them, hey, guess what? Sometimes in life, you're not going to get your way. Sometimes you are. But when you don't, you can't throw a fit about it. And I feel like this is just a bunch of temper tantrums being thrown by these Texas Democrats who have left the state and are refusing to come back and do the job of we the people. So uh, anyways, but it is a Friday. Um, we're almost out of time, but I wanted to... Um, start talking about something very fun so we can end on a high note and that is the food at the 2021 state fair of texas is fried shocking 
<laughs> savory, sweet, and everything in between. So um, it's not the state fair without innovative, boundary-pushing food offerings at the 2021 menu. And the 2021 menu is already looking pretty crazy. So let's talk about a few of these dishes because um, this is one of the things that uh, JP and I will be going into more detail. And okay, here's my mouth is watering again talking about these foods. So um, under the savory column, here's a few of the foods this year. Bacon jam corn bombs. Actually, I bet that's really good. Um, now this I can't wait to try. Country fried shrimp grits. Can't wait. Crawfish etouffee stuffed turkey leg. Yeah, this all sounds good. Uh, crispy crazy corn. Dallas hot. Don't know what that is. And again, we'll, JP and I will be going into more detail on some of these um, as the uh, weeks progress and we get closer to the State Fair of Texas. Um, deep fried I-35. That just sounds hilarious. Um, under the sweet. And I don't know how I feel about this one. <laughs> Brisket brittle, because I love peanut butter brittle. And I also like pecan brittle. And I like the kind when you throw in like the peanut butter and jalapeno brittle. But this is brisket brittle. So is it going to have the pieces of meat in it? I don't know. I Tell me what y'all think about that. Deep fried pancakes. Deep fried PB and ras brulee. Um, so the ras brulee, I, some kind of raspberry brulee cream of some sort, um, deep fried peach cobbler sole rolls, that sounds good, deep fried Ritz, so I'm assuming the Ritz cracker, deep fried toffee, and here's the thing, this is what's so great about the State Fair of Texas, we'll fry anything, and I just love that, um, deep fried Halloween, I just, I don't know what that means, okay, then we've got a few other things, we've got, um, oh, the Texas pumpkin poke cake, and then there's the armadillo. So what is that? I, I can't wait to figure out what some of these are. Um, back on the savory side, Takis Locos. So I have a feeling that's going to be super, super, super spicy. Um, Texas chicken fried steak, flauta. Um, the Texas Easter eggs. And then, you know what? And I just recently heard there's a drink called ranch water. Has anybody heard of that? It's like... Um, I want to say it's like that, um, like a really fizzy, highly carbonated um, club soda water type style thing. And I think tequila. And then I think they put some kind of spice into it. Have you heard of that, Chambriel? She's like, no. Somebody just told me about ranch water literally like a couple of weeks ago. I was like, ranch water? Because I'm thinking ranch dressing, you know. But so I'm wondering if the... Yeah, so I'm wondering if this frozen ranch water is that drink that's kind of popular right now, or that I think is popular right now. I say that everybody's like, what is it, Kathy? I don't know. Maybe I'm on the cutting edge of something. Uh, anyway, so very interesting. I've got to see what the Texas Easter eggs are. Of course, I think those should be on the sweet side, but what's in them? Don't know. Probably something to do with jalapenos is my guess. Anyways, um, so the Texas, the great state fair of Texas, um, 2021 will be open for business. Thank goodness. Really missed the fair last year. And, um, just looking forward to diving deeper into some of these foods as the weeks progress and seeing what you guys think is going to be a hit or a miss. Of course, like I said, anything fried, I still go back to, I, I was blown away when they did the fried, fried Twinkie. 
I still remember how that was so. <laughs> Shamri, I was like, Ugh. I, I just remember how that was just such a, a a big deal back in the day, and now it's like fried toffee. Deep Fried Halloween, which Deep Fried Halloween, what's that? Anyways, y'all have a blessed weekend. We look forward to seeing you Monday. We'll have Dr. Clothier back um, with us. Um, you know, lots of new updates on COVID and on the new strain. So lots to talk about on Monday. But y'all have a blessed weekend. Be safe, be healthy. We love y'all. Um, thank you to Miss Teen Outstanding Texas for coming on to our show. We wish her nothing but the best at the national competition and then um thank you to our friend susan schuler for bringing her on and thank you to congressman van taylor for being here y'all have a blessed one love y'all